SIFPOP Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, we prepared for this show by destroying our shins with a wooden rod. It's SIFPOP. And you say you don't have a radio voice. <laughs> I don't. That's all fake. <laughs> It's it came my out fake of your radio. Mouth. Well, I know, but it's fake. It's not like I use it the whole time. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from yourmoviefriend.com, and as always, I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Every week, we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And today's guru from Geek Pointo. It's Chris! Hello, everybody. General Rabble! Woo! General Rabble. General Rabble. I thought for a second that was a character from one of the new Star Wars movies or something. Gen- it's a trap. <laughs> General Rabble. General Rabble. Uh, Chris, welcome, man. Thank you. Good Thank to have you, for you here. Me. Uh, this is the first time you've been on the show solo. You were on with Sean. Yes. You and Sean are like partners in the Geek Pointo universe. Yeah, he's my PIC. So you do, <laughs> you do like podcasts together mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, just you, like, who are you? Just me. Yeah. Like where uh, did your pop culture universe start to develop? Just, just growing up as a kid playing video games, watching movies, hanging out with my friends, you know, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters marathons, you know, one and two, and usually just one over and over and over. <laughs> that uh, was the Ghostbusters marathon. I get, I get was it. just watching Ghostbusters just over, watch and Ghostbusters over and over and over, and over and over We had over. Monty Python and the Holy Grail yeah, marathons Monty at Python my house. and the Holy Grail. Uh, and just developed from there um, and, and grown into that. Um, just always loved it. Comic books and everything. So are you a comic book, comic book guy? Like you collected them or still I collect them? I used to collect them, okay. um, you know, paying for a child is more pressing than filling long boxes. Dude, get your priorities. I, I guess you gotta get your priorities <laughs> yeah, together, man. It sounds like you're sweet. doing it wrong. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and so would you say comic books, movies, comic t- books, movies, TV, TV? Are probably my big things. Okay. Were you a DC guy or a Marvel? Ooh, guy? that's a great question. DC. You are now my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't get that. Why? Help help me understand. Like why why is that a big deal? Was it just like a Coke versus Pepsi kind of thing or yeah, pretty much Coke, Pepsi, Chevy, Dodge, Marvel, yeah. DC. Was there an actual difference in their tones or this I, kind of stuff that I think they did? Yeah, I think that DC is a lot darker in the fact yes. that a lot of people tend to love and I don't want to speak for everybody obviously, but I think a lot of people tend to love DC villains more than Marvel villains. Mm-hmm. I think that there's more to a DC villain. Like there's hmm. a more greater layers. backstory, there's a lot yeah. more layers. And even there's, I think that you'd find a lot more damaged heroes in the DC universe too. Yep. Batman is the go-to for the most sure. damaged hero, but I think that there's a lot more like him out there. So is it like yeah. the movies? Because the Marvel movies in general are a lot lighter well, and the comic, have more fun to them. And The difference is the DC comics are um, good. and uh, The movies, DC movies aren't? <laughs> DC movies aren't, yeah. unless you count the Nolan but I mean, trilogy. Tone, I mean tone-wise, though. is the, Are the tones of the movies kind of similar to the... I think How the, the tones of the comic books are different. I think Snyder tried to crank up the DC. Yeah, he tried to go dark to eleven. Frank on that Miller one. plus, yeah. yeah, and not every single because Superman's not dark. No, and that that was my biggest issue with Man of Steel and Superman and BVS was that he was just so right because Superman, yeah. yeah, Superman's supposed to be like this Beacon paragon of hope, of yeah. hope and, yeah. So what, what is it? Uh, 
uh, hope, truth in the American way. Is that what it is? Or what is it? Uh, yeah. No. Truth, justice, truth, in the American justice way. In the American Apple pies in there somewhere. Baseball, yep. all Kansas. that stuff. Yep. <laughs> Kansas, all of it. Yep. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about the movie The Accountant. We're going to talk about, uh, speaking of Marvel, we're going to talk about another uh, Marvel series that's on Netflix, mm-hmm. Luke Cage, which came out recently. Uh, excited to talk about those things. Uh, but first, we'd like to start with Do We Care? So Andrew's going to read us some pop culture headlines, and we're going to say if we care enough to talk more about them. Do We Care number one. J.K. Rowling has announced that the film adaptation for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them will be told across a five-film series. Good night. I hope they're good. Yeah. Uh, I I do care. Do you care? But I don't, I don't care specifically that they're five movies. I just care, you know, th- about that property and going back to the kind of the Harry Potter world and universe. What are you guys, how are you like on a fan level on Harry Potter? I love Harry Potter. I was never, I, I watched, so I watched like the first four movies before I read any of the books and I read all the books okay. and then watched the rest of the movies, if that makes sense. Um, I'll say this. My wife is a huge Harry Potter fan. Uh, so every time it's on like ABC family or whatever on the weekends, you know it's what you're doing on at our house. <laughs> So I very much care that this is going to be a five-part movie series because I'm going to have to go to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean. That's so, why I, I hope they're good. And I, yeah. hope, I hope they don't do that thing that a lot of movies do when they expand. Uh, I would mention The Hobbit. I would mention Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, where they just take too little material and try to stretch it over too much time. Yeah. And so it just feels loose and stretched out. And also the movies don't end because the stories are getting told in you know the next several movies mm-hmm. and so it's not really a full storytelling experience i still want a full storytelling experience even if i know there's more sequels does that make right. sense yeah. i thought harry potter was really good about that i thought each harry potter book slash movie was a full storytelling experience yeah except for the last two yeah right because the, the last part book was yeah two. it was part one and part two yeah. and i had that problem with that but yeah i think i think it'll be fine as long as the movies are fine yeah that's my thing I think that, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Number two, Nicholas Holt has been cast as Nikola Tesla in the film The Current War. It will tell the story between Nikola Tesla and Thomas, and Thomas Edison on whose electrical currents were better, Tesla's alternating current or Thomas Edison's direct current. Ooh, ACDC. Do you, do you get it now? The Current Wars? <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Play on words. I'm going to give this one a no. I don't. I don't really care about this till it comes out. Okay. I do care. Uh, I think Nikola Tesla was awesome. He is my favorite. He's my favorite historical figure. And I like Nikola's whole. Now we get it. Yeah. Did I not say I was biased on this one? (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a Tesla car then? God, I wish. (laughs) Yeah, I wish that I had Um, one too. I don't even know if there's an area in Springfield to charge an electric car. Not. That, um, not the not supercharge, not the supercharge stations that they have. So yeah, um, they're they're doing a good job at getting them put along expressways, though. Mm-hmm. So it's becoming more and more practical to be able to have one. Uh, I would I would love one of those cars. They're so genius, and they have a fairly affordable one now. And by fairly affordable, I mean what like thirty k, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah the model, so, model three. Pre- uh, I think they uh, more than made their profit on pre orders on that car than yeah. what they needed. Yep to uh, build them it was the fastest selling car in 2016 within two weeks yeah wow yeah that, isn't that remarkable it is just that's... to see where technology is going and it's all because of nikola tesla <laughs> that's you right he invented the electric edison. guitar edison man it was a bad dude that was a bad, bad dude that edison yep. was he oh he was a horrible person all yeah. right now i'm interested in this movie 
Yeah. Was it, there like all sorts of nefarious no, Edison, goings on? Edison was trying to have Tesla killed. What? Yep. Oh, yeah. You, you are kidding me. No, no, no. Like, he was a really bad dude. He was... <laughs> go and read some historical books on Thomas Edison on what he tried to do to Tesla. They didn't touch on any of that in the prestige. They talked. They did a little bit. Remember, Edison burnt down his factory, and and Tesla had to keep moving around from in Colorado to stay away from Edison's men. Wow. Yep. Yeah, it's all based on the fact that Edison was trying. To I feel kill like it's Tesla. become. I feel like it's become kind of a superhero story in some ways. What well, Tesla? You know, like the Edison is the villain, and Tesla's like the superhero. And sounds to me like you kind of care about this. I therapy. do now. You, <laughs> you talked me into it. You have absolutely talked me Good into selling, it. Good selling, Andrew. Number three. The Universal, Microsoft, and the Coalition are hoping the film adaptation for Gears of War will be the first critically successful video game film adaptation. The reason why I brought this up is because last night we were having an argument whether or not there has ever been a <laughs> good never. video game There has never been a good adaptation. video game movie. And you can talk about Mortal Kombat. Go ahead. All right, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Is that all you're going to say? That's all I'm going to say, yeah. That's <laughs> all I need to say. That's all I need to say. So, like Chris, are you with him? I like Mortal Kombat. Uh, it's <laughs> not a great movie. Okay, growing up, that movie is... It's kind of like you ever see a movie when you're a kid, and it's like your favorite movie, and then you go back and you revisit it, and it's not actually good, but the child in you will not let go of the fact that it yeah. was half of what made you you. Oh, sure, absolutely. <laughs> so. Never Ending Story is a great example. No, oh, bite your tongue. That's a good movie regardless. <laughs> That's a great movie regardless. That movie, I mean, it's a great story, but it's not acted well or put together well. Or For the time, I think that Wolfgang... Well, well no. maybe for the time. I don't know. But, but I know uh, what you're talking about. So there's a couple movies coming out first that potentially have what it takes to be a good video game adaptation. Assassin's Creed might pull it off. I'm not too... I'm super nervous about I'm, Assassin's I'm nervous about Creed. Assassin's Creed. But the other one is Firewatch. I don't know if you ever played Firewatch. Mm -hmm. No. It's an indie game, and I think that's why it has the potential. It's an indie uh, game that's yeah. it's one of those immersive storytelling things. So the whole part, point of that game is the great story behind it, and it just lends itself to being a movie. What about Tetris? What about the Tetris movie? That that's, they're making right now? Yeah, that's going to be amazing, right? Uh, but, isn't that a three-part film? <laughs> it is. It's a yeah, trilogy. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a the Tetris, Tetris trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. I can't, the, like... Right. I, like my mind is blown. <laughs> Tetris 2, big block. <laughs> That's right. Oh, oh man. Uh, yeah. I uh, I think Gears of War will be another video game movie. I can't imagine I it's going to be great. I don't imagine that it will be either, I sadly. Love, I, I think that it will. I really do. But I, I also thought about Assassin's Creed. I can't say Assassin's Creed's not even out yet. So I can't. Yeah, it comes out in December. What yeah. was I, mean, I thought Assassin's Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of Prince of Persia. Oh, yeah, that one definitely did not do too well. <laughs> no. But no, was there a Doom movie, too? I think there was a Doom, there was a Doom movie. Yeah, with The Rock, the Rock and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and if Carl Rock Urban. And save a movie. Yeah, how do you mess up <laughs> Carl Urban and The Rock? But uh, I think that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, would be a perfect uh, gear. I agree. As whenever as I, whenever stuff, I think of like Marcus Phoenix, like just try and get Dwayne Johnson to get a real low, gravelly voice. Dwayne Johnson and Terry Crews. There you go. That's that's all you need for Terry Crews' Coltrane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's now officially great. <laughs> Your son is a remarkable young man. He has highly advanced cognitive skills. He has more in common with Einstein or Mozart than he does with us. I'd like to work with your son. Help him develop the skills he'll need to lead a full life. 
that's not going to happen. The world is not a friendly place, and that's where he needs to learn to live. Well, let's talk about The Accountant, guys. Okay. This is uh, a movie starring yeah. Ben Affleck as a mathematical savant mm-hmm. who uh, is half action star and half mathlete. And uh, what he does while, you know, masquerading as a CPA in a small town, what he does on his uh, off hours, so to speak. Uh, Let's start here. Did you like the movie? Did you like it? Love it? Was it okay? Did you dislike it? Did you hate it? Chris? I'm going to go with it was okay. Andrew? I liked it. I am right between it was okay and liked it. I think I'm going to land on liked it. Yeah. I think there was enough about it to mm-hmm. push me over the edge to go, okay, there's stuff here that's that's worth enjoying. But there was enough stuff there wrong with it to keep you from saying yeah, you really liked there's, it. There's yeah, there's plenty of problems here. There's yeah. plenty of problems in this movie. Let's start with the good stuff, though. What's some of the stuff you liked? The sound design in this movie is beyond phenomenal. Yeah. Especially the gun battles and stuff. That... Beretta or when the Barrett ba- 50 yeah, cal. Yeah, when he fires off that Barrett, it, it is the, the most amazing. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, just please bring the gun back because the sound design, whenever yeah. that he brought that thing out, the sound design in the theater, I don't know if it was just where we were sitting or if it was just a really no, good shook, quality, man. Yeah, just like, but it was so amazing. The yeah. sound design was the number one thing I took away from I'm, this movie. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting. I would not have even put my finger on that. Really? But abs- now that you mention it, absolutely, it was. It was it was really well done. What about you, Chris? What's some stuff you liked? Um, I thought John Bernthal was pretty good in it. I enjoyed him. It was actually my was favorite yeah. performance of his. Yeah. I never really liked him in The Walking Dead. Uh, I didn't really enjoy him in when he was Punisher. Uh, I like that character, but I didn't necessarily like his performance. Okay. But here, I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I thought Anna Kendrick was pretty good in it, too. She's always good in everything, though. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. I thought she was just Anna Kendrick. She yeah, didn't she was really Anna stand, in a stand role, out in but... any particular way. But uh, Yeah, which is fine. Anna yeah. Kendrick being Anna Kendrick is good. I thought she was underused. Which I, which I, I, I felt a lot about this movie was underused, underdeveloped. There felt like yeah. there was a lot here that could have been developed a little more. I didn't understand her character's point all too much. Because, not to get into too many spoilers, obviously right off the bat, but there was, like you said, a bunch of points in the movie where you're like, well, uh, what about this person over here? You yeah. just introduced them and now they're kind of, where'd they go? What What was their purpose? Yeah. But, and uh, what was their motivation? There were some character motivations that were a little strange, too. They just yeah. seemed to be plot-motivated instead of actually character-motivated. How did you feel about Affleck's performance? Uh, that I would say that's one of my favorite things about the movie. So I would put that in the good category. Yeah, he was I good. Um, and I've heard since. So what I do is I watch a movie, I review to get all my points down, and then I go read other reviews. And a lot of the other reviews I read didn't like his performance. They hmm. They thought it was... I'm trying to think of some of the words they use, but the idea that it was a little um, patronizing to autism and those kind of things. And I thought, I thought it rang really true. Now I've never been close with somebody who is autistic. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know if maybe there is something there that just doesn't, you know, doesn't ring true to people who are more familiar with it. But for me, I thought he did a great job at balancing that type of personality with also being an action hero, which is a weird combination to have. Yeah. But I thought somehow he made it work. And I think that's a really tricky thing to do. Yeah. And then the last pro I will mention is this movie is funny. Yeah. There's yeah, some good moments it, it, it. There were some good, solid chuckles from the whole crowd. Exactly. I didn't expect a Gavin O'Connor movie 
to make me laugh as much as this did. Can we talk about Gavin O'Connor? Because he also did Warrior, That's which is a one phenomenal of my, One movie. of my favorite movies of all time. And so, I, you know, he's definitely got him in it. What What's something else he did? I looked at his filmography last night. Gavin O'Connor? Well, he yeah, Warrior is the main thing that he's known for. But so. I, there was something else in his filmography, too. That I'm like, oh, he made that, too. He did uh, Pride and Glory is the other big one. He also did Miracle. Miracle. That's Ooh, the one. I do like Miracle. I, mean, I love Miracle, and I was like, oh, interesting. And it shows some real flexibility in him, too, because Miracle is a straightforward, tug on your heartstrings, swell the emotion, sports story. Yeah. And he really does a good job with it. So I think he's a talented director, and I think I think you can see his touches here. One of the other things I liked, since we're on direction, yeah. is I liked some of those moments in this movie where it's like, oh, that's clever. That's a really neat way yeah. to do that. And I'll talk more about some of those in spoilers, maybe. Okay. There's one right at the beginning when we're learning... Uh, about Ben Affleck and he uh, his character does something astounding and the way it's yeah. revealed is was kind of a one-two punch that I really liked. No pun intended. <laughs> pun definitely intended. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but only if you've seen the movie. Um, so uh, so well, I, I liked a lot of those moments. Tra- that moment was actually in the trailer so was I knew it? that was coming. So. Oh! Yeah. Oh, I hate that! Oh! That's just that. Oh, man. Because I can't imagine already knowing that moment and... Oh, that's that's frustrating. Yeah, because that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, that reveal was mm-hmm. just like it was so powerful. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that stuff. I didn't. Uh, I understand like what you said earlier about the critics not liking the fact that they kind of he went a little overboard possibly in their mind with the performance. I don't think that people should look at people with autism and stuff and be like, oh, you can't make that character funny because they have a disability. I right. think that. That dehumanizes them. I agree. Yeah. So that's why I think that Ben Affleck's performance was really good because he was a man with a condition, but he was still a person. Right. And I thought he did a remarkable job. Well, and he he wasn't the only one too that was dealing with you know issues in the movie and different things and and yeah. still you know kind of going along. So, um, so you know it wasn't just him. Yeah. The other thing uh, I liked about the movie is the complexity. I thought there was a real moral complexity to some of these characters. Uh, for I'll just mention the father, yeah. for instance. Mm. Whereas at first yeah, you're like, absolutely. what a what a horrible father, and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, actually, maybe he's a great father. Yeah. And and it was kind of like it was kind. There was enough shading there where you're like, okay, I can see how a human being would make those choices, and I disagree with some of them, mm-hmm. and yet there's something there about it came from a place of love. Yeah. You, you know can what tell I mean? he was trying to do the best yeah. to, to, to yeah. deal with, to deal with the, uh, the situation that they've been placed in and, and to, to make it to where Ben Affleck's, you know, as a child wouldn't be taken advantage of by right. other people. And you could really see that he cared about the situation, the way he went about it, you know, and that's what, and I love that. But, I love yeah. there's a humanness to that. There's a real complexity to, yeah. to the decisions we make. Yeah. And I, I felt like that, that, complexity of the morality of this movie and also really both uh ben affleck and his his brother as well had that same moral complexity to them where it's like yeah you know i mean affleck straight up you know mowing people down in this this movie yeah did it ever feel like john wick i was literally i compared it to john wick yeah Yeah. with that combat style yeah well let's move into the negatives with this because uh, the wick thing moves nicely into one of my main negatives i feel like john wick was a much better movie at holding that momentum than this movie was. I feel like there were too many momentum shifts in this movie Yeah, where yeah. it had those John Wick moments, but then they would go to the character moments, which we need, but it seemed to linger on those character moments just a little bit too long. There's one in particular where it just, 
dragged on and on. And uh, yeah, pacing in this movie was not very fluid. Yeah, I agree. It, it was that was one of the things when when I was leaving, and I think that was part of what made it okay for me instead of liking it was you felt every bit of the two plus hours that you were yeah. in the theater for the movie. Well, here's oh, the thing. Yeah. It actually it, was it, less than two, two hours long, wasn't it? Was it less than two hours long? Is it a two hour movie? Time to get it. It to felt longer than it was. Yeah, I, it, I know it did that. feel long. It, there definitely was a lack of brevity. <laughs> I may be thinking about the girl on the Run train. Runtime is two, hour, two hours and eight minutes. Okay, there you go. So it was right on about two hours. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, you felt, especially like you said, it's some of those character moments, it just kept going and trying to build on and i understand that they were trying to build a a a backdrop to the character to give you more insight into who he is or who she is or who they are and what they're doing but man at a certain point instead of taking five sentences to say something take one yeah yeah exactly and i think you can build you can build our empathy for a character quicker and Mm -hmm. you don't have to take all that time to live in those character moments so, and I, I thought there were a few of those. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want? In, are we ready for one more thing, maybe? I have one more negative. Okay, go for it. Predictability. Very, yes. very predictable movie. There's one thing we'll mention in spoilers, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a heavy part of what you're talking about. There's one thing in this movie that is ultra predictable. Yep. Uh, right from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Uh, two, and, two things that are ultra Okay, okay. I'm thinking of one in particular. Okay, yeah. And... Uh, I don't know that that bothers me that much, though, because I don't feel like the movie played it like it wasn't supposed to be predictable. Like, it didn't play it as, like, a huge reveal. And I thought about that last night, too, because one of the complaints we had about Girl on the Train, which is another movie we saw, for those of you not who didn't listen to our pre-show, we talked about Girl on the Train. Which, by the way, patrons, if you support, you have access to that review and that pre-show in your uh, podcast feed. Patrons get those perks. Yeah, they do. But, um... So we talked about how in that movie, the predictability was one of the big negatives. And I didn't feel in this movie that the uh, predictability was as bad. Right. But I don't think that it was one of those things, oh, we're trying to keep it a secret. But at the same time, I'm like, man, they they could have made it a big reveal. And I think that they kind of missed out on that opportunity. Well, see, I don't know that they could have. I yeah, just I think, think it was too obvious. I agree. I don't I know that there's anything that they could have done to make that like a big twist or something. And I think maybe if you're not paying attention, maybe it still reads as a big twist. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if if you pay attention at all, you, yeah. you have to know that's where it's going. Yeah. So um, and, and it just and it felt like they just what you know what it did. It kind of let us be in um, Ben Affleck's head a little bit on that because mm-hmm. for him, it wasn't obvious. He didn't know what was going right. on. And so, you know, it kind of gave us a little information that he didn't have, um, you know, not by not making it a big thing, I think. Yeah. So, but I agree, it was predictable. I just don't know that that hurt the movie as much for me. Okay. In this one. Yeah. Um, I'll start with my one more thing. If go we want to kind of go around and finish up with the accountant. Uh, my one more thing, I think I already kind of talked about it, but it's the motivations. I was disappointed uh, by the character motivations in this. There were some things that happened in hindsight. Like, you know, when uh, they lead to a place, I'm going to uh, mention um, a, J- a J.K. Simmons character. Yes. What he does in this movie, in hindsight, makes no sense. Like his motivations for the way that he played out that scenario, in my mind, don't make a lot of sense to me. I don't understand his character and why he did what he did in that way. And there were a few moments like that, both plot-wise and character-wise, that kind of took me out of the movie just a little bit. Okay. My one last thing is also also about J.K. Simmons. He had one of the most emotional like scenes in the entire movie mm-hmm. that definitely stuck out for me. And it was great. And it was one of he it was, was probably great. my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah. So uh, I love him. What he's done lately, and as far as acting, I don't know 
where this guy's been and why he hasn't <laughs> been doing this forever. But uh, man, he is really oh, coming I, into it. Listen, I knew J.K. Simmons was special from Spider-Man. Like, oh yeah, I mean, he was he was amazing. incredible in that movie. Yeah, I'm excited to see Commissioner Gordon Commissioner and Batfleck back together yeah. in the Batman. Yeah, hey, and all that. Yeah, Batfleck and Commissioner Gordon were both in this movie. Yep. So, you know, I didn't think about this, but the the J.K. Simmons reveal was actually done pretty well. Like, I yeah. didn't necessarily see that coming in the way that it happened. Oh, I knew that one. Did you? That's why I said predictable. I knew every like every single secret they tried You're just to too keep smart. in this. You're just too good. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch on to the J.K. one. Yeah, I didn't either. Oh, interesting. Okay. Do you have one more thing, Chris? Uh, maybe I'm nuts here, but it, it felt like it was, it's odd that it was rated R. I mean, I know there were some headshots and stuff and yeah. some blood, but... There wasn't there wasn't really any sex in it. No. I didn't notice any ex- excessive cursing or anything. There was like there was that. a lot of cursing in was it. Was there? Yeah. Maybe I'm just desensitized. Not, not to on it. Affleck's part, obviously, okay. but everybody around Everyone him. Everyone around him was swearing a lot. Yeah. 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 I think, Especially John Bernthal's but, character. But okay, I will yeah, say this. I, I I follow you on this. This could have very easily been a PG thirteen. Like a hard PG thirteen. Yeah, they wouldn't have had to do a lot to get a PG thirteen yeah. rating on this. Yeah. Just they would have just had to rewrite the cursing and mm. and back off some of the headshot, you know, yeah. violence. But even those weren't graphic really right yeah you know? it's not like there was blood spatter all over the walls right. and stuff it didn't look like an episode of dexter when he was done right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> do, 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 do. uh so overall what kind of uh greater rating would you give it do you think somewhere between a c plus and a b minus yeah i went with a b minus i'm kind of in this c c plus area yeah no. so we all kind of you know yeah there are obviously big flaws with it but i think if you go see it in you know I think you'll have it. I think there are moments where you'll have a good time in it. Some of that action stuff is really glorious. I don't think anybody yeah. would hate it if they went and saw it. No, I think you're just like blood averse. Yeah, I think whatever. that this is a movie that has two or three big problems, but no minor problems. Mm, I think yeah. that okay that there's a lot good with this movie. Two or three really big problems to, that keep it from being great. But nothing like a little minor is wrong with it. It's kind of like the Samsung Galaxy Note 7. Uh, no, I'm blow just up kidding. in your face? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of big problems, but yeah. no, no <laughs> tiny little ones. <laughs> Let's move on to the next review, which is of Marvel's Luke Cage. Out recently, Netflix, of course, doing the Marvel shows. We've seen so far Daredevil seasons one and two. Yep. Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and Luke Cage, right? That's yep. it so far? That's it. So uh, Luke Cage, I, you guys may need to help me out in this. Where does it fall in the timeline? Are we progressing here? Is this mm-hmm. after yes. Jessica Jones? Yeah, after the Daredevil season Jones. two. Is it after yes. Daredevil season yes. two yes. as well? Okay. All right. So I'm just trying to figure Definitely out. Definitely after Jessica Jones. Well, because he's in Jessica Jones. Yeah. Quite a bit of it. Actually. And they talk about and they what address... happened in Jessica Jones yeah. to him and stuff. Okay. So. so maybe that's the first question as we get into this is how far are you in Luke Cage? Because with a Marvel or with a Netflix show, obviously they drop it all at once, 13 yeah. episodes. Uh, Andrew? I just finished episode nine. Okay. I am done and have started to watch it again. <laughs> okay. So I think we get a little sneak peek of how Chris <laughs> felt about Luke Cage. Uh, I just finished episode five. Okay. So I'm the baby amongst you. So okay. please don't spoil me we past won't. episode five. Um, actually, try not to spoil too much Anything, at all. Yeah. yeah. Episode seven and eight. But I am. Oh, yeah. That's where it. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a tonal shift to oh, the show. It's crazy. Like, really? The yeah. whole time you think the show's going one way, and then after episode seven and eight, you're like, 
okay, this show just pulled a Mr. Robot on me. Yeah. So I am so glad to hear that because yeah. I was going to be kind of down on this show. After five episodes, it just hasn't grabbed me yet. I like okay. the character. No, I like the performances. But the whole first five episodes, I'm going... I'm just not. I'm just not into it. I'm just not. It's yeah. not grabbing me like Jessica Jones did. Yeah, once or, you hit that midpoint, it just goes berserk to the wall, crazy. Yeah, it I does. Mean, it's just it's nuts. Well, it has for me so far yeah. anyway. But I do agree with what Aaron said, and I guess I should say I really am liking the show a lot. Okay, but um, beginning this show was really slow, and there was a, just drug on. But after episode seven and eight, the show definitely picks up. Interesting. Yeah. I can't imagine what happened. And that's and I wish that that's actually my only complaint with the show is that I w- it, it could be a 10 tight episodes. Yeah. Instead of 13. I'm hearing this a lot. I am hearing out. this a lot that 13 may be the wrong number. Yeah. yeah. For a Netflix season. Yeah. Um I I think of like uh what was Stranger Things? 10. Was 10. it 8? I thought it was 8. Was it 10? Uh, no, you know what? You're right. It is 8 episodes. I okay. think it was 8 episodes. That yeah. felt perfect to yeah. me. Yeah. And I just wonder if that's the ma- if the magic number is somewhere in the eight, nine, ten realm, you know, for for a season that drops all at once. It just feels like thirteen is a, is a bit much. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hearing I'm hearing that a lot. So um, I liked the only thing I, I I've really enjoyed is the character so far, and I mm-hmm. enjoyed the origin story episode where it really talked about yeah. you know how he became who he is. I thought that was a a good episode. It was done well. It was kind of. Um, mirrored with you know events that were happening in the you know in the current as it looked back on how he became who he was, I thought that was clever and interesting. So it does yeah. some interesting things. It just hasn't grabbed me yet, right. you know, through through episode five. Yeah, my big takeaway from the show right now is the soundtrack. Oh, the oh, soundtrack, the soundtrack it is, is good. so yeah, 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 yeah. amazing! Is yeah, Method Man else. Method Man original music along with uh, classic soul and R and B music. Yeah, from, I I went and got the sound. I went to well, the soundtrack and, on my Spotify. And, the, and there's so also a real it. like you know old school black exploitation yes, film absolutely. feel to a lot of the like music, like a Spike Lee and, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah that's or, what I when I was talking to Sean, it's like it feels like uh, Marvel's Luke Cage, a Spike Lee joint. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it really does, and I, yeah. I I love that authenticity to that culture, that experience. It's mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's really cool. It's uh, it, it's definitely something that that puts you in a place. That you wouldn't exist in other, or for me, that I wouldn't yeah. exist in otherwise. And I think it's really valuable. This may sound like a dumb question, and I apologize in advance. Is Hell's Kitchen a real place in New York? Yeah, but it's only like two or three blocks long. Okay, because this takes place in Harlem, which we all know actually it's is an a real place. place. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't yeah. know if Hell's Kitchen was an actual real place as well. Yeah, yeah. these shows they take place in our universe. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, this is the other thing I did like even as I'm, I'm kind of struggling to get through those first five episodes and, and be attached to it. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I cannot and will not ever stop talking about how much I love the interconnectivity of the Marvel Universe. Oh, absolutely. The fact that the TV shows are also connected to the mo- movie universe is yeah. just brilliant. Take note, DC. Yeah. yeah. I, seriously, when, when, they, when they announced that, you know, whatever... Uh, you know, with the Justice League, that the Flash mm-hmm. was going to be a different guy than yeah. it was on TV or whatever. Yeah. Not Grant Gustin. Still I thought that was a no huge sense. mistake. I th- I Grant Gustin agree. is so good. He's great. Yeah. He's fine. Why yeah. do you have to cast somebody else? And I, yeah, I just I didn't understand that. Hmm. It's really disappointing. So um, what uh, I we didn't go around and say how we feel. So you love it? Oh, I love it. I really like it. And right now, right you're now, just now I'm okay at, on it's it. okay. Okay. Yeah, but I, it sounds like I'm about to turn. A corner so so i sure hope so so 
for you, Chris, yeah. where does it rank for you right now with season one or two, Daredevil or Jessica Jones? It's a great question. It's my fifth favorite thing of all of the things Marvel has done. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I want to hear like that movies list. Movies included? Movies included. Yeah. I want to hear that list. Yeah. So I go... Uh, love our list here. Five, five to one. Luke Cage, five. Iron Man, four. I lump Daredevil together in both seasons because I'm too big of to split Fair enough. No, three. that's fine. Two is Avengers. One is uh, Winter Soldier. Really? Uh, okay. That's my top five. I don't think I could put any of the Netflix series above Civil War. No, I couldn't either. And, I, uh, I, it would be hard for me to put any of the Netflix series above any of the movies, actually. Well, I could easily do that because, like, Iron Man two and three are terrible, mm-hmm. and uh, they aren't terrible. Oh, Thor, they're bad. Thor two is not good. No, it was okay. Man, I must be a Marvel movie apologist because I like all those movies. Oh, the, Iron, the third Iron Man actually movie no, especially I, no was really Iron bad. Man three is rough. No, no, no. no really I gave bad. Iron Man three a pretty rough review, but Iron Man 2's two is not too bad. Two is okay. But I think it was just coming off the heels of Iron Man 1, which was and I love, a game changer. I, I will never forget the experience I had going to see the first Avengers movie for yeah. the first time. I have never had that experience in a movie right. theater that, until that, that shot moment. When, they, when they're all there yeah. in New York just and the, it spins just around. Just the adrenaline that right there. of that. Yeah. I just, yep. I will always remember that. And if I go back and look at that movie and maybe it's not as good as I remember it, that's fine because I mm-hmm. will always have that experience where it's like, holds, this it is up. amazing. So I don't think that we're ever going to get to experience that again. I think that's a once in a lifetime feeling. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's like something changes in that moment. Yeah, because it changed the way movies are made, right? Yeah. To cinematic universes, because that's that was never a thing before, right? Yeah. So well, and now it seems like in every movie, all the villains come out of the sky and attack yeah. straight downwards. <laughs> so that seems to be a pretty common. <laughs> but I started all that just to say, I do love the fact that people in this universe are talking about the incident. Mm-hmm. They're talking about guys with silver hammers and big green monsters. And, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just love that. It's so cool. There's a kid selling bootleg Blu-ray Boot- copies yeah. of the incident on street corner. Yeah. Love stuff like that. So my favorite thing about uh, Luke Cage so far is the fact, besides the soundtrack, is you would believe it was not a superhero movie. It yeah. doesn't feel like a superhero yeah, it at all. It just feels like a uh, inner city struggle between good and evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just the simple fact that he's a superhero is like kind of the icing on the cake mm-hmm. to get a younger audience to, uh, which I don't even know if this is appropriate for younger audiences with some of the tonal stuff that they talk it's about. It's definitely a hard PG-13 Yeah, if you were to rate it to but, movies. I, think, I don't think but it's as dark as But the other Netflix Jones. Marvel stuff has it been as well. Is as well, yeah. 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 And that's interesting because Netflix is getting a lot darker than the movies do. And normally that's the so other way too. around. I yeah. think that the movies are normally darker in any other genre than what the TV can do. But not not in Marvel's case. Not in Marvel. I think yeah, I think Marvel's television, specifically Netflix television, because we're not talking about Agents of Shield or those yeah. kind of things, which I still enjoy watching. Again, mainly for the interconnectivity yeah. stuff that happens with the movies, I think is really fun. Um but yeah, the the Netflix stuff is a lot darker, it seems, than even the movies are. And I love that. I love that it because to me, I I feel like the D, the uh, the Netflix Marvel shows feel more like a DC comic than the DC movies do. Right oh, now. interesting. Yeah, that's that's my feel to it. Um, and I love them. I, I love the Netflix shows. Yeah, I really enjoyed Jessica Jones. Part of mm-hmm. that is I'm a huge David Tennant fan, and I thought oh, he was so phenomenal that. in that. Uh, so I really love Jessica Jones. I thought the Daredevil seasons were great. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't love them, love them, but I thought they were great. 
Uh, I'm excited to see what's next. Wait, we got Iron Iron, Iron Fist. Fist Iron Fist comes out and next, and then the Defenders, and, that, and then the Defenders, which again, amazing, right? It's like the Avengers, yep. but street, for the street level Avengers, yeah, but for the Netflix shows. Yeah, I just oh, that's that's so wonderful. Yeah, was was Alfred <clears throat> Woodard in Luke Cage? Yes, and, and is that the same character she's played in the, the movie? No. Okay. It's not the same character. I wondered if there was a tie in there. And I'll say yeah. this: by the time it's all said and done, I felt like Alfrey Woodard was my favorite performance of oh. the entire season. So, do you want to talk about favorite performances so mm. far? For me, it's a uh, Marshall Ali, the guy who oh, plays Cottonmouth. Yeah. He's awesome. He's always yeah, he's awesome. incredible. Love yeah. him in House of Cards. He's so good in House of Cards. Yeah, I like Shades too. Yeah, I think that oh, guy's uh, fun to watch Theo too. Theo Rossi. Yeah, Theo yeah. Rossi. From uh, I remember seeing him originally in a uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yep, as and, Juice. Yep. Yeah, just Juice. Uh, yeah, there are great performances all around here. And Mike Coulter is Luke Cage. I don't think they could have cast anybody else besides him. I would have liked to have seen him be a little mouthier. You know, a little oh, really? more like grown-up version of Spider-Man. Oh, that would have been interesting. Because that you see that a little bit more in the comics. He's more of a, like, he's he's kind of got a come-at-me-bro attitude in the comics. Well, I'm starting but, to see that where I'm at in the season. Yeah, there's he's a starting little bit to develop it. a little bit yeah. of that. I didn't see a lot of that in Jessica Jones yeah. in his character at all. I, I see him more as a guy walking around on eggshells around people. Yeah, because he's, well, I mean, he's, oh, we can't do spoilers. So he has right. to kind of do that yeah. to handle his business. Exactly. Yeah. All I know, here's what I know. This is my one. La- do we have one last things? Uh, I'm good. So You're already good. Gave my- everything you needed to I'm say? Good. Everybody yeah. good? All right. Here's my one last thing. I'm pretty much the real life Luke Cage. Okay. Because I never use shaving cream when I shave. And apparently that uh, is the sign of being a really tough man. Yep. So then I am a weak, weak lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he actually just takes really sharp tree bark and he just scrapes it across right. the face until the hair falls off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my routine every morning. Thanks again so much for joining us on the show today. If you don't know, uh, Sif Pop is part of a podcast network. Uh, and if you go to patreon.com slash shoe the dough, you can actually be a patron of that podcast network. Now, there's some cool benefits that go along with that. And it's really simple and easy, like a buck a month, three bucks a month, five bucks a month. And there's some fun perks that go along with it. One of my favorites, it's brand new, is the dedicated RSS feed. So if you support the podcast network, you get your own podcast feed. It goes in whatever podcast player you use that has every single thing the network puts out. So it has all the episodes of this show, all the episodes of Shoe the Dough, which is the other show on the network, and all the bonus stuff that only patrons get to hear and see. So all of that comes in one podcast feed, so you never have to go anywhere to get it. It comes straight to your device. So kind of exciting stuff. If you want to take a look at it, again, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Shoe the Dough, S-H-O-E-T-H-E, D-O-E, and uh, you can sign up there, and thanks ahead of time for your support. It's why we're able to do shows like this, because you guys are so generous uh, with your dollars. So thank you for doing that. It really goes a long way. Let's move on to the Best Ever Challenge. This is where we name our best movies ever in a particular category. Feel free to play along if you're listening live in the chat. Let us know uh, your favorites in the category, or you can always... Uh, contact us as well, um, and we'll give you ways to do that towards the end of the show. Feel free to leave comments at iTunes, wherever you listen to the podcast. All right, here we go. Best ever challenge for this week, the best ever Ben Affleck movies. We will go number three to number one. We'll go around the horn one at a time. Chris, we're going to start with you if you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Your number three best Ben Affleck movie of all time. 
and I'm going to have to preface this by saying I thought this was going to be a lot easier than it was. <laughs> um, I, I, as I was going through the list, I found myself being a bit of a, almost a Ben Affleck apologist. I was one of the few people that was very excited for him to be cast mm-hmm. as Bruce Wayne, yeah. Batman. And let's be it, clear. It, it's tough to, tough to decide because I have like six movies that, and four sure. of them are about on the same level. So here, so. let me clarify this with the best ever challenge because sometimes it's easy to mistake this. It's so when we say best Ben Affleck movie, we're not saying best Ben Affleck performance. Right. What we're saying is best movie okay. that Ben Affleck has been in. So there is okay. a difference because like I might include Batman v Superman as one of his better performances. Yeah. Right. But I wouldn't include it as one oh, of his no best way. movies. Yeah. So I don't know. So okay. that's, that's <laughs> so <laughs> you, you didn't do enough research if you think Batman <laughs> versus Superman is one of his best movies. So my number three is gonna be Dogma. Mm, ah, okay. Nice. Go uh, go back old school Kevin Smith style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jane Silent Bob. Yeah, I, I I enjoy that whole movie. I like I like him being the bad guy in it. Uh, yeah, the angel that just wants to get home. Um, the Damon's in that with him be, too, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're both they're, they're both they're angels. Bartleby and Loki. They're angels, and and the whole world be darned. We want to get back to heaven. Yeah, because we're tired of being on Earth for millennia. I after actually millennia. think dogma is underrated. I, I, do too. I think it's it's kind of brilliant in the way it deals mm-hmm. with religion and morality and some of those different issues. Yep. Of course, it's coarse. You know, I mean, it's Kevin Smith, yeah. but it's 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 really got some interesting thoughts in it. So I can see that choice, Andrew. What's your number three? Argo. Argo is number three. Argo is number three. That was my number two. So. Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead so and talk. It's my number two as well. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Okay, so I think this is the second uh, Oscar that he won, and he directed the movie as well. So just tonally, this movie has you on the edge of your seat the entire time because I made it a point not to look up to see how uh, historically they mm-hmm. what happened to these people. Right, sure, I wanted, sure. I wanted to know in the movie... So, like, I went into this, like, on the... Oh, man, are they going to get on that plane? Are they going to yeah, get right, on that right, plane? Yeah, yeah. the same spot. So, yeah, man, he killed it in that he directing is, oh, and... Oh, he's such a great director. Yeah. He really is. He mm-hmm. totally gets how to tell a story, and that movie is is pure proof of that, because you are... The momentum never lets up in that movie, yeah. and you're getting to know all these different people in, in everything that's going on. There's humor, there's action, there's... You know, it just drives right to the end, and I, I just, I really enjoy Argo. I need to watch Argo again. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, it's that's my number two. Do you have any other thoughts on it? Just, it's great. I mean, I, I had nothing else to add to it. It was good stuff. My number three mm-hmm. is Goodwill Hunting. Good. Um, yep. I, you know, I, what is there left to say? You know, a lot of people have talked about it. I know Matt Damon gets a lot of the credit. For his performance, Goodwill Hunting, Robin Williams obviously gets a lot of the credit. Oh yeah, uh, that's fine. It's an amazing movie, and and uh, Affleck is a big part of it. So, well, that great speech he gives at the end. It, yeah, you, know, you need to leave, dude. And he's the most us. He's the yeah. most Boston yeah. he's yeah. ever oh, been in yeah. a movie. Oh yeah, yeah. As he is in Goodwill <laughs> Hunting, you know. And there's just something about that authenticity since they're both Boston kids, you know, growing up there. So, yeah. how you like I think, them apples? I think Goodwill Hunting is is uh, my number three. So we already did our number twos because yeah. we already had Argo. So Andrew, I guess we'll go to your number two. Gone Girl. Gone okay. Girl is number two. Gone Girl was in my uh, um, honorable mentions. honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. So because uh, it was one of those. Also, again, I hadn't read the book and I wanted to experience this, you know, fresh. And I think that. The movie really, every single person was cast to perfection. Even Tyler Perry, who I normally don't like, but he 
was one of the best parts of that, about that entire movie. Yeah, Neil Patrick good. Harris was phenomenal, and uh, what's the girl's? I'm I'm D- Diana or what's her name? The main girl in the. In I don't Gunkle. remember, but she killed it so good. And then it was one of those things. I just didn't know where the movie was going to go. And then when the reveal happened halfway through, I'm like, this movie's going to be something special. Yeah. Rosamund Pike. Yes, thank yeah. you very oh, much. Oh yeah, yeah, she was absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate. It. Thank you. No problem. Yep. Yeah, I I think Gone Girl is is worthy of the praise it gets. It's a hard movie to watch at times. Yeah. That Neil Patrick Harris scene is brutal, rough, <laughs> rough. <laughs> like really rough. Uh, but it's definitely a, a very well told story and and uh, a very interesting plot. Yeah. To that movie as well. Um. All right. So that brings us to our number ones. Yep. Mm-hmm. And none of us have had our number ones taken. I don't think so. So we're about to hear three different... Well, we could have the same number ones, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. That is true as well. All <laughs> right, Chris, we're going to start with you. The Town. Yep. Number nice. one. My number one. Nice. That was in my honorable mentions. I have a different number one. Oh. Uh, it's a great movie. Yeah. Is, is yours Geely? <laughs> it's Jersey Girl. Is, it, is Jersey Girl or Daredevil? Yeah. Or Pearl it's, Harbor. It's Daredevil. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. I like okay. Pearl Harbor when it came out. Oh, oh. I hate that movie. Okay. But uh, uh, The Town. Go ahead. I, yeah. I love any kind of heist movie, and it had that, right it had that almost the heat kind of feel to it. Um, Jeremy Renner's awesome in it. Affleck's all, all the performances are good in it. I even like Blake Lively in it. Um, just just a solid. Do you not usually well like Blake Lively? Eh, I could take okay. her or leave her. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, just just strong solid performances out of the entire cast. It was tight. It was well done. Everything made sense. Just I loved it. Great movie. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. It's my third favorite heist movie of all time. So. What are the other two? Number one is Heat, obviously. Uh-huh. It has to be everybody's number one. Ocean's Eleven, number two. No, Ocean's Eleven is number two. Absolutely. Ocean's Eleven is so good. Yep. Yeah, it has to be. But uh, I think that John Hamm, like the the struggle between John Hamm mm-hmm. and uh, Matt, or Ben Affleck's character is like one of the great rivalries that is so underappreciated. Yeah. Did, did Affleck direct The Town as well? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, yep. I think he directed that as well. Man, he did. so good. And yeah. have you guys seen Gone Baby Gone? Yes, uh, that's his Casey Affleck, his brother, right? Right, did but he he, direct dire- he directed Gone okay. Baby Gone. Yeah, uh, and I think it was his directorial debut, and just phenomenal stuff. Yeah, he's he's a really decent director. I'm really interested to hear what your number one is. All right, I'm going to give you some clues. Okay, I'm going to give you some clues. It uh, speaking of Ocean's Eleven, Scott Kahn is also in this movie. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see who else could I tell you? Um, Dominic Toretto, aka Vin Diesel. Yeah. Also in this movie. Bringing any bells oh, yet? Oh wait, Boiler Room. I, don't, I haven't seen Boiler oh, Room. Oh, that's a, that's some throwback. Yeah, a little bit. Boiler Room is great. <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, I I would highly recommend you find a way to see Boiler Room. It okay. is a phenomenal movie. Can you give uh, me a plot it's very un- Stockbrokers, and I don't want to give too much away, okay. but you know, it's kind of like they're learning how to play the game of being you know stockbrokers in that high past you know high paced gambling kind of way kind of and like they a have wolf to, of wall street sort of thing kind of ish okay a little ta- a lot tamer yeah. than that okay but uh, <laughs> but yeah that's same idea and uh boiler room. okay boiler room yeah it's my number one so i have a special place in my heart it's one of those movies do you ever have a movie that catches you so completely off guard and so you love it even more mm-hmm. like you just weren't expecting anything you just popped it in it was just like oh you know I'm just gonna pop it in and watch it and then it just yeah. blows you away lucky number 11 that That's, was mine so yeah Boiler Room is that for me okay. where it's just like the movie just blew me away and I wasn't expecting anything and so it has like that special place in my heart so yes. I would highly recommend it what was uh, honorable mentions Andrew did you have any 
Uh, do you mind going around and I can just look up real quick? Uh, so. I mentioned, um, let's see, Shakespeare in Love. No. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about Shakespeare in Love. It takes a lot of flack because it should not have won Best Picture Oscar the year it came out. No, it should totally have been Gangs in New York. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Wait. What I th- am I? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think it was Saving Private Ryan came out the same mm-hmm. year. Totally should have been Saving Private Ryan. Uh, so it takes a lot of flack from that. It's actually a really good movie. It really is. But it's just, you know, I think it takes a lot of flack for that. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of my honorable mentions. Chris, do you have any? I have three. Go actually. ahead and name them. He'll probably uh, take my others. Hollywood Land. Okay. Where yeah, he plays where George he, Reeves. Where he plays, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Chasing Amy. I have Chasing Amy in mine as well. And then... Dag darn it, I forgot the third one, so I guess it wasn't that honorable. Okay, so I know <laughs> I, I know two. this movie doesn't hold up well, but I've loved it so much at the time. Armageddon. I just had so much fun with that movie it's at the time. my second least favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, number one is... I can't Pearl- blame you. I cannot defend it. Number it's one not- is Pearl Harbor, so the two <laughs> worst movies of all time for me are Ben Affleck movies. Um, uh, here, I, have I two, cannot argue. My two honorable mentions are Smoke and Aces. Okay. It's just oh, a, yeah, fun, like it's just a fun movie. And then... This, I think this movie is very underappreciated. The Sum of All Fears. Uh, the Tom Clancy that was my other movie. On, yeah, that was my other honorable mention was okay. The Sum of All Fears. Uh, Morgan so. Freeman. But yeah. I think that it's been only within the last decade that Ben Affleck has come into his own as being a director and a performer. And I think that just moving forward, he's going to be one of the major players and forces to be reckoned with in Hollywood. I oh, agree. absolutely. I he's. I mean, he's on a streak. He hasn't made a bad movie yet. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, directing wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. He hasn't directed a bad so, movie yet. Hopefully, Batman. The is Batman. that his? Is that his next? Yep. The direction. Batman. He doesn't he's, have anything other than co- that. He's co-writing the script, and yep. he's and he's directing it. Yep. Wow. So hopefully he. Uh, I know he can be a, the best Batman. I know he oh, can. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just he, the story needs to be right for him. Well, Jeff Johns is helping him write it. Who's the creative chief creative officer of DC? So if the story's yeah. bad, we got other problems. We got a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope he writes the ship because, yeah. honestly, as much as I love Marvel movies, I've never seen it as a competition. I want all movies to be great. Why would right. I ever want a movie to be bad? I want exactly. to go see great movies. So, yeah, I hope they write the ship and, and figure it out and get get the ducks in a row for Justice League. Make it a good time. Make it a great, you know, mm-hmm. thing because, yeah, I, I I don't want to have to go to any more bad DC movies. Yeah. <laughs> right there with you. Right there with you. not an enjoyable experience. <laughs> All right, let's quickly talk about the uh, one thing in pop culture, our buried treasure that we want to let people know about. Uh, I'll start first. Mine is way, like, I give you a million guesses, you'd never guess what I'm about to, uh, about to. Un- I- Ikea. Ikea it is. Woo, no. I knew it. Online Watching online poker. Uh, I have really gotten into some poker huh. Twitch channels. And huh. uh, there was one recently where my favorite poker player is Daniel Negreanu. Uh, Mine as he's well. A lot of people's favorite poker player. He's so fun to watch. He's yeah. brilliant at what he does. He's made more money playing poker than anybody in the history of man. Uh, and he's just he's an amazing guy. He was on somebody's uh, I think Jason Somerville's uh, Twitch channel recently because he won the World Championship of Online Poker uh, Horse Tournament, which is five different types of poker games: Hold'em, Omaha, okay. uh, Raz, a Stud, and Stud Eight or Better. Uh, and so they went through the entire final table. It's about a two-hour video, maybe even a three-hour video. And they just talked about each hand. And they saw everybody's cards and you know talked about strategy. It was the most fun and educational poker thing I've ever seen. So you know, Just to hear huh. those guys talk about 
those games. Did so, it feel like World Series of Poker, like watching that, or did it have a really different tone to it? Oh, it's totally different than watching World Series of Poker, and I'll tell okay. you why. Because those are edited after the fact to really build up certain stories in certain right. moments. Uh-huh. If you love poker, poker, like as it's played, it's a much slower pace. It's a much in my mind, more interesting game because you actually get to see the ins and the outs of how people bet, what they decide to do, uh, you know, what people accept as good starting hands, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I love it. I am a proponent of bringing live poker to television. I think there's a way to do it that could be, could be really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still do the edited shows, do them later, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, bring the actual event yeah. to television, just like you would a golf tournament. Golf tournaments are on TV. They're slow and boring to a lot of people but if you know the game yeah, you no. can see the fun in it so right. it makes sense yeah that's my uh my buried treasure nice chris you're up uh mine is actually a web comic mm-hmm. uh called jl8 and it's about the justice league as eight-year-olds oh wow in elementary school Sort of like Tiny Toons? <laughs> kind of. Is, like, is it like Muppet Babies? It's, That's what I was yes, going to say. It's, it's like Muppet Babies. I'm all Muppet about it. Muppet Babies. They're taken away for you. Nice. And it, it it's it's adorable. I, I, I It revolves all around like the, the Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, Power Girl, and Martian Manhunter are all in wow. school together. So it's definitely and not canon. <laughs> it's, no, it's not canon. But um, it's just there. there's su- spots in it where the, the boys want to be taken seriously as superheroes, but they save a, pers- a little old lady from getting her purse snatched, and she like pats them on the head and gives them a lollipop and stuff like that. So it's kind of like the Avengers meets Sky High? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, the Justice League meets Sky High. But yeah, I fell into it. I found it on Upon, and I read one and was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And then read another one and another one. And then 223 strips later, I wow. read the whole freaking thing. That's amazing. The guy's been doing it for like five years. And it's online. It's online. It's a Tumblr. It's JL and then the number eight comic.tumblr.com. There you go. So that sounds, that sounds so cute. Very look entertaining. At cute, look at cute little, look at cute little Justice League. Look at him. Look at him. I fight for justice. I'm Batman. <laughs> what about you, Andrew? So. My parents are not all, you know, there when it comes to being caught up on, like, what's happening in media and stuff. Like, okay. their big thing that they regret is not watching Game of Thrones. Because they're like, man, there's so many references that people keep talking about. Like, oh, did you see the Game of Thrones? And like, no, I didn't see it. So I, I promised them if a new show ever came on that was going to rival Game of Thrones as far as, like, what it does to the... Uh, the Ether, pop culture, the pop culture, yeah, consciousness. And I told them I would let them know, and I just told them the other day, and they have started watching Westworld. Oh, nice! I think Westworld, it is. HBO has said it's going to be the replacement for Game of Thrones because next season of Game of Thrones is the last one. Mm-hmm. So they say we need a show that is up there, critically fan loved, to the point of Game of Thrones that could pick up that slack. And I do think Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, who has written all the Dark Knight movies, he wrote Inception, he wrote Interstellar, mm-hmm. he is the showrunner for Westworld. With J.J. Abrams, With right? With J.J. Abrams. That's a, what, a, what a team. Yeah. And then you have actors like Ed Harris, Anthony Hopkins, uh, James Marsden. Marsden, by the way, who's one of the most underrated actors of mm-hmm. our time. I really believe that. Poor I think guy. Marsden's a great actor. He always loses the girl yep. in every movie. <laughs> yeah, poor Cyclops. But um, I think... From the pilot alone, I know the show is going to be something special. Yeah, I agree. Chris, are you watching it? I Andrew 
has given me access to the ability to watch it. <laughs> 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 I probably should have said that. Online, no. but, hey, but, uh, that's what H- I, it's not like the FBI stealing, out here coming. It's not like I'm stealing. I'm paying for HBO. <laughs> that's good so, point. Yeah, that's I'm good paying point. for it. Uh, I don't have HBO at home, so I had not been able okay. to watch it yet. But I'm uh, very much looking forward to it. I have to tell you, uh, it is. We'll talk about it on an episode. We'll yeah. go a little bit further, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time here at the end, like going into depth of why the show could be amazing. Be, yeah, but um, but I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. So just for everybody out there who is on the fence about whether they should start watching the show or not, I cannot recommend the show enough. I do think that the show is going to be something special, and I do think it will be a very worthy successor to Game of Thrones whenever it ends. In the the feeling I get, man, I am going to talk about it just a little bit. <laughs> the, feel, the feeling I get is that it's going to be that same sort of expansive world that Game of Thrones was too. There's yeah. so many places this show is already going and characters it's introducing you to. I really think it'll it'll nail kind of that that feeling. And I mean, I love any sci-fi universe that sets its rules and mm-hmm. lets you live in those rules and see how it works. And you didn't even mention Anthony Hopkins, I don't think. I said he was in it. That oh, did you? It. Okay. Yeah. But I said just, him, Ed Harris, and James Marsden. Yeah, pretty incredible stuff. So, yeah, we'll talk about it some more. In fact, maybe next week we'll do a few television shows because there's, there's several new ones that we want to want to get up on. So, Golf but, clap. <laughs> yes. Uh, just as a, uh, a fair warning, it is an HBO show. So Oh, yes, yes. You know, all the content you would expect on Game of Thrones. You would find here. You would find here as well. So... Yeah, um, but definitely some, not family friendly. But some interesting, having said that, some really interesting morality issues and tales and choices <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think besides Sesame Street, HBO doesn't do anything that's uh, family friendly. So <laughs> HBO owns Sesame Street now. Oh, you didn't yeah. know that? Yeah, no, I knew that. I oh. just forgotten that. Yeah, HBO. That's why Big Bird was on Game of Thrones last season. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure that out. It's an expanded universe. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Shoe the Dough. Huge thanks again to today's guru, Chris from Geek Pointo. Jamie. Chris, where can people find you? Where do you want to send people? Uh, you can find us at our website, geekpointo.com, and you can also find us at all the social medias at geekpointo. That's G-E-E-K-P-O-I-N-T, and then the number zero. That was that radio voice you were talking about right there. That's it. That's the it. The number zero. I like it. If I had a sub in here, I'd just be vibrating the room. Even if I didn't know you and Sean, I would recommend Geek Pointo to everybody. Yeah. You, the amount of stuff that you guys put up and how smart and just very well read it is. Yeah, you guys are doing great stuff. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Appreciate Geek Pointo does great stuff. Highly recommend it. Uh, much love also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at a dollar a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash shoe the dough. Don't forget, you can also get your dedicated RSS feed there if you're a supporter, where everything will come right to your podcast player, including the bonus patron-only episodes. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea you want to see on the network, make sure and let us know. All feedback is welcome at shoe the dough at gmail.com. And we're out!